0: Thank you for downloading this sermon. We hope you've been blessed by this ministry. If you'd like to give back, please invest in the future of Clearnote Church through our capital campaign, Faithful Through All Generations. To make a donation, visit clearnotebloomington.com slash give. Our text this morning is Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. This is the word of God, and it is eternally true. Now. That's how it actually begins. Now. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, And all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel." When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Our Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of every heart present here be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our redeemer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is a Christmas story. Generally, it's not preached until after Christmas. We're preaching it before Christmas because the theme that we're trying to have during these weeks is the theme of gratitude and joy, that we want to encourage one another to good works. And specifically, the elders are having uh, people come and give their testimonies because the elders want to encourage you in the good work of finishing the giving that we need to finish this edition, all right? So we have a, a money goal, and the elders looked at each other and said, you know, we're weary of giving money. And so we need, to, we need to encourage each other. And so that's the reason for these testimonies. And that's the reason that we're at the story of the wise men today, because the wise men are a story of encouragement. They brought their treasures. They rejoiced exceedingly. And then they worshipped bodily, and then they gave financially. And we want this to be a paradigm for us as a church, all of us. Okay, Now, Let's look at this story a little bit, because we tend to take any Christmas story for granted. We, we think, well, you know, Christmas is Santa Claus, and Christmas is angels, and fairy dust, and snowflakes, and, you know, gifts, and chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and all this stuff. And so we lose the ability of actually seeing the stories of, of Christmas, all right? So let's look at this story, because there's more in it than sweetness and, 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 and sugar and, you know. It starts by saying, now, after Jesus was born, and we have to ask, how long after? and We don't know. The one thing that we do know, we know two things. Number one, that Herod had all the children, a little later in this chapter, he had all the children two years and under killed, all the boys, all right? to get rid of Jesus. So we also know that at this point, Jesus isn't in the manger, is he? Where is he? Do you notice? He's in a house. So there's enough time has elapsed that to be safe, Herod killed all the boys that were two years in, and younger, and they're in a house. So people say somewhere under two years of age, Jesus is at this time when they come to worship him. And that leads everybody to make you know, thoughts about what exactly was the star they saw, and they go back and look at what was going on at the sky at the time, and everybody has theories. But somewhere under two years, we're we're sure of that. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, now who was Herod the king? Well, Herod the king was a a brutal, a merciless, a cruel, uh, uh, a loud and pompous, an Edomite Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know that I just said a curse word. Because Edomites were utterly, utterly, utterly wicked and disgusting. They were so wicked that they actually sacrificed their children on the altar to their gods. That's how wicked they were. And this is Herod. But Herod had pretenses of being sort of a mongrel Jew, and he kind of saw himself as a representative of the people. But what he was, was he was somebody that represented the hated Roman Empire. And you can imagine how proud the Jews were then, you know how proud they are now, right? Okay, so here are the Jews under the Romans. And the Jews were clean, and everybody else was unclean. And the Edomites were awful. And here they had an Edomite king. He had been ruling for 35 years, and he was coming to the end of his rulership. Now, does it appear that he had a succession plan? Yeah. He had a succession plan. Why do we know that? Well, we know that because he was determined to kill anybody that threatened his succession plan. When he was told this was the king of the Jews, his response was being a typical Edomite to kill all the little boys. Are you with me? This is Herod. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east. Now, what is a magi? Well, every time it's used in scripture, it refers to somebody that's sort of a sorcerer. Uh, you remember Simon the Magi. Simon Magus, the guy that tried to buy the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And the apostle says, you know, basically, damn you and your money if you think you can buy God, right? Magus. Same thing that's said here about these men. So you have an argument about whether they were good magicians or bad magicians. Well, if they were good magi- magicians, they were typical. Um, Iranians, that's where they were from, the, nation, you know, the place that Iran occupies today. And at that time, those who studied the stars were the scholars. Scholars studied stars. So these would have been the learned men. In order to become a ruler over that part of the world at that time, you had to have been trained as an astronomer. All right, But you know, when I say the word astronomer, you know that that's cheek-by-jowl close to astrologer. And you know that the astronomers get published in the Journal of Astrophysics. And you know that the astrologers are down with the palm readers on South Walnut. Okay? And so there's a little bit of difference here. So which were they? Well, there were probably some combination of both. They were probably, they were the scholars, but they were also the sorcerers and the palm readers. And they were seeking truth, and there's no question about that. These were truth seekers. And I want to say at this point that Indiana University is filled with truth seekers. It's also filled with liars. But there are many men and women at Indiana University who are seeking the truth. And because there are liars there does not mean that God withholds his truth from the truth seekers. Do you understand that? It's a great privilege to be in Bloomington where those who are humble and are students and professors at Indiana University can be led by God to Jesus Christ. And so don't you ever be a lazy dog and turn up your nose at Indiana University. God did not turn his nose up at the astrologers and the astronomers out in Iran, okay? And so that's who these men are, and they're from the east, and they arrived in Jerusalem. Now why would they arrive in Jerusalem? Have you ever thought about that? If God's leading you through a star, what need do you have to go to Herod and to the people of Jerusalem? What, what went wrong with the star? You know? You ever wondered about that? You know what John Calvin says? Calvin says that the reason that the star stopped giving them guidance and they had to stop in Jerusalem and ask the way was so that none of God's people would go with them to worship his son. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, here's Bethlehem, six, seven miles away. How long does it take Herod in a chariot to do that distance? How long does it take you on foot? you ever thought about that? Herod want the baby dead. He didn't lift a finger to go there. Everybody told him where it was. All of the priests who existed to teach Scripture and to feed God's people. In other words, you, 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 you are God's people. And Jesus is born today, and all of you knew, absolutely knew where he would be born. All of you were waiting, all of you sang the songs, Oh, come, come, Emmanuel, and ransom Israel. And when they showed up in Jerusalem, it wasn't a case of a private meeting with King Herod, and the people didn't know. It says the whole, the whole city knew. The whole city was in an uproar. So they were in an uproar. They were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. Everybody knew it was Bethlehem. Bethlehem was six to seven miles away, and when the Magi left Jerusalem to take up their trip again, not a soul took a step to go with them. Don't ever forget that, because that's who you are. You, had you been alive at the time, would not have taken a step to go with these going from the east. Now, why wouldn't you have? Well, again, there are arguments about this. Um, I think the most reasonable explanation is that it had been at such a difficult time for, are you ready? Jerusalem! Anybody live in this world today? I just said Jerusalem, right? Anybody hear about us sending our embassy into Jerusalem? Jerusalem! The people that lived there were so tired of all the bombs, all the RPGs, all the bullets, all the rocks, all the tunnels, all the drama, all the death, all the suffering, that they simply wanted peace. That's all they wanted. They did not want a new ruler, even though they worshipped and, 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 and sang towards their Messiah and knew he'd be in Bethlehem. It's like, but not now, please, not now. Would you just leave us alone? You know, it's kind of how people down in Alabama feel right now. You know, somebody was saying that he went down there to interview them and he said this. He said, nobody down here wants to talk to me. You know, he's a national media guy. You know, nobody wants to. And then he said this. He said, even off camera. And that's what it was like at that time. There had just been endless bloodshed. They were occupied by the empire of Rome, Rome was disgusting. And then these Edomites show up. Edomites are dirty, they're filthy. And they're going to worship Jesus. It's like, you know, okay, if this is who God's son is and he's born right now, I don't care. I'm staying back in Jerusalem and I'm not going. And so the central reality about the magicians or the astronomers or the astrologers, whatever you want to call them, is that nobody went with them. Nobody went with them. And this is, what, this is who we are as Christians. Christians we have all these thoughts about ourselves that are very high, how we just love Jesus, right? That's how we judge ourselves, that we love Jesus. But do you think you would have gone with them to worship him? And I wonder this, if you had gone with them, do you think you would have taken any of your money with you when you had a principle that your money is yours? And that, that edition isn't going to get built because other people aren't doing their fair share. You know, you can just imagine, you know, the, the, the wise men leaving their country and and, you know, them deciding which of them was going to give this amount, and which of them was going to give this. Who was going to do the gold? Who's going to do the frankincense? And who's going to do the more? And, and what relative value does your more have to my frankincense and to your gold? And and well, the going rate for and so they left Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, having done what it needed to do, namely to condemn God's people the star showed up again. (laughs) And so they followed it again. And so when you do what God calls you to do, and it's clear, which the star was there, and they followed it, and it was clear, and all of a sudden the star vanishes, you just keep doing what God has shown you to do, and he will show you the way. There are a lot of dark times in life when the star is not there. But God is merciful to new Christians and often gives them extraordinary guidance. But there are a lot of times in life that we don't have that. We just keep going, and then the star shows up again. So they show up with Jesus, and what do they do? Well, right before they do it, if, if we must, let's just say one other thing about Herod, which is that Herod is such a scoundrel. That man was a snake. Uh, I don't know whether it's Calvin or Matthew Henry that says that. Uh, that he says he says wicked rulers are cowards. That's a direct quote. Wicked rulers are cowards. Why do we say he's a coward? Well, he wants to kill the baby, but he acts as if he wants to worship him, and he keeps secret his true motivation and desires. Such a coward. Okay, So they show up at the house, and what happens? Well, what, what, what God has had written down for us as an account is it came and stood over the place where the child was, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So number one, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then number two, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. Can you imagine the beauty? Just the beauty of a mother with her little baby. I despise the news stories about these grizzly bears starving. I despise them. I despise everybody that puts an animal in the place of a man who bears the image of God. Don't you ever believe people that tell you what great compassion they have for animals. It's a lie. Because they have no compassion for little babies. Can't you imagine how Herod would have talked about grizzly bears starving up by the North Pole? <laughs> and so there was the child with Mary's mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. They rejoiced exceedingly. They fell to the ground And then it says, then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, what's the application of this? Well, who are you? Are you the Jews in Jerusalem and Herod, or are you the wise men? And if you are anything like me, the answer is both. I think most of us would cop to being Jews who would have stayed in Jerusalem. Okay, but our hearts beat faster when we, re- when we read about the wise men because we do love Jesus. We do. And I think that's always the way it is with Christians. They cop to everything. A defense attorney can never save them from themselves. You know, they're just always saying, that's me, that's me, that's me. But then they worship. They rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And they fall on their faces before Jesus. In all their sin, all their slowness and fear and curmudgeoniness. and You know, nobody ever reads a Christmas story without seeing Scrooge in themselves. Right? And so here's the application. The application is that the money, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh that was given to Jesus and to his parents was what provided for him as they fled down to Egypt. And so God provided for this little baby and his parents. Okay? And the application is, I want the money for that before Christmas Eve. Do you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? I am tired of waiting for it. This is not for me. It's not my ego. Okay? This is needed by the babies of this church and the little children. Okay? And so stop having spiritual thoughts about Jesus. Have financial thoughts. There are a number of you that could do most of that amount immediately right now. And I'm tired of this. I'm 63. Okay? I'm tired of it. Our children need that little place in that huge building. Just that little place. And all it's going to take is what, David? How much, Lucas? 165? And you guys look at your mortgages. You look at your equity in your homes. You look at your, at your financial position. I want it done by Christmas Eve. And why do I say I? Well, (laughs) I don't have any kids that need it. And it's not going to help my ego. I mean, my ego doesn't need any help. (laughs) As a matter of fact, it's a liability. But people, we have all these little children. Get it done. Don't be spiritual about the wise men. They brought their gold and their... And they're frankincense and they're more, myrrh. You guys got gold. I know one man that has Bitcoin. (laughs) He always has a five dollar amount, but it's Lucas, you know. I don't know Lucas. Which if if they get the rest done, like one hundred and sixty-five. If they get one hundred and sixty-four thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars, will you contribute? Where's Lucas? He left. Well, I bet he'd give his Bitcoin. I think it's up about 11 bucks now. How much is it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, those of you who are visiting, don't be scandalized by this. We have all kinds of baby Jesuses in this church. And God has been pleased to work in pathetic little poor people like us to accomplish his glory. And you all give faithfully. I'm not faulting you for being unfaithful in giving. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, you have the ability to do it. Now, get it done. Okay? Get it done. I want it done by Christmas Eve. You want to give me a present? Christmas Eve. Get it done. I'll help. Okay? So get it done. All right. I'm done. Let's close. First with prayer and then singing.